1: Today on the Zabecast, Urban Meyer is on the hot seat in Columbus. And the trickier-than-it-looks issue of domestic violence. Glove-throwing and showing up to skip in baseball. State fair bingo cards and why August means nothing in the NFL. Drew Olsen with the Big 920 Milwaukee is my tag team partner. So if you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Thursday, August 2nd, 2018, thank you for the download, thank you for your ears, let's get cracking. Before I get into today's episode, a quick restaurant review, oh, I didn't know you did restaurant, yeah, no, I'm doing them now, when I go to a new restaurant, I'm going to do a review. I went to a place that I'd never seen before, never heard of before, but I think I might really, really like, it's called... Ready? Slap fish. What the hell did you just say? You heard me. Slap fish. Like, slap fish. They've got a great logo. Uh, It's uh, like a handprint with an eyeball uh, drawn in it, and and it looks like a fish. Basically, it is a high-end quick serve. You walk up to the counter and order, and then they bring it out to your table. uh, Fish joint. Where they've got fish tacos, they've got lobster rolls, uh, they have crab cake combinations. It's not cheap. It's not cheap. I had the uh, I had the crab and lobster burger, wh- which was fifteen dollars with fries on the side. Now look, I'll be the first one to admit, not everyone has fifteen dollars for lunch. But sometimes fifteen dollars for lunch, you're like, okay. I'm going to spend seven at McDonald's. What's the extra seven to get something good? This burger was almost awesome, but it hinged on a sauce that they dared to call awesome sauce. That's all they said. They're like, it's got awesome sauce. I said, what does that mean? What is that? And they said, well, it's sort of like a spicy mayonnaise. And I go, okay. Is it red? Kind of red? And they're like, yeah. They go, all right, I'll give it a shot. Turns out, Old Picky Steven, Picky Pete, didn't like the awesome sauce. Kind of ruined the burger. Burger also came with lettuce on it, which they did not advertise, yet they should have. Overall, though, I was like, man, they had giant chumps. Chumps. Giant clumps and chunks. Hey, I just combined the two. Giant clumps of lobster and crab on top of this burger. I mean, it, it was pretty good. And with fries? So... The only other problem with Slapfish is that they don't have a regular soda fountain. They have this fancy New Age Stevia, natural ginger, this, blah, blah, blah fountain of soft drinks. Just, just give me a Diet Coke, for God's sakes. I know you're trying to be healthy, and that's the whole point of it, but interesting concept. Basically, where you can go get a lobster roll uh, for 15 bucks or less You know, in a quick-serve format. So you're not sitting down waiting for full service. You're, you just want better food than fast food but you don't want to sit down for a full meal. Slapfish. Keep an eye out for it. Couple emails real quick. I like you people feeding me back stuff. It's great to hear from you. Blair Dahl in Iowa says as fo- uh, writes as follows. Dear Steve, I was talking to my neighbor the other night about how much his water bill was with all the watering he did of his yard yesterday. Well, the conversation quickly turned to how we each finished our basements. I told him I had a 92-inch projector with two flat panels on either side, a triple-screen setup. He then said to me, and I quote, like that Steve Zabin guy, formerly of Fox Sports Radio, Yahoo and SB Nation? I laughed out loud and said, you listen to him too? About an hour later of chatting with this guy, I finally got home to an angry wife who had to make dinner for the kids without me. Well, just so you know, you've got... Two listeners now in Polk City, Iowa, which is about 15 minutes north of Des Moines. As I said, see you later, I said, anyone for penis? He laughed at that as well. Enjoy your European tour of Scotland and golf. Your friend in Iowa, Blair Dahl. I love it. The three-screen nation continues to grow across America quietly, silently, but steadily. And I am I'm just... I'm just so overwhelmed that people do this upon my recommendation. Even my good buddy Bob Madden, morning DJ of Bob and Brian in the Morning, admitted to me when I was staying at his house on Sunday night last week. He said, yeah, down here in the basement, I think I'm going to do three screens on this wall. And I literally did a jig. I danced a jig around his basement. Because for years, Bob had said, Pah. I don't need three screens. I uh, one screen's enough. I flip around. I'm not. I'm not gonna look at three different things. That's ridiculous. Well, he's finally going to give in. And I said, I put my put my hand gently on Bob's shoulder. I said, Bob, this is gonna change your life, my friend. I'm telling you, it's gonna change your life. This email from Gary Kolke. Gary Kolke, a very formal email. Looks like a, a letter that you would write in elementary school. Remember how you is like, how do you write a business letter, and you'd have to. Put the two on one side and the from on the other, and the indentations. It's it's uh, written as follows: August first, two thousand eighteen. Jay Cottrell, politician, care of Steve Zaben, somewhere in Round Hill, Virginia. Dear Mister Cottrell, I'm a long time Bob and Brian slash Zabe listener, and by virtue of this, I have been lucky enough to be introduced to you via the Zabe Cast. I've enjoyed listening to your radio stylings on this very podcast. However, I was somewhat disappointed to hear your announcement that you're departing the world of radio and sports radio for a career in politics. Make no mistake, Jay, I don't have a problem with politics, nor your career move, and I do wish you well in the next phase of your life. However, he writes, I do hope you can find a few minutes each week to join Steve and his audience, including me, on his fine podcast. Well, yes, in fact, let me interject here. Jay has said absolutely he will join me. And Jay is going to know just as much about sports now as he did when he was working in sports. He's going to watch just as much sports as he did when he was working in sports. Maybe even more. And he'll still have his own passion and unique takes on things. Okay, back to the letter. My now question for you, writes one Gary Kolke, You are the sixth person, Jay, that I know of off the top of my head that has left or tried to leave the broadcasting field for politics. In my area, a weatherman won, a sportscaster lost, and a radio news anchor won. Even Sarah Palin used to be a TV news anchor, and shortly after I started streaming Steve Zavin on AM 980, I found out that Mr. Solomon was running for office. Now, I know you're only one out of thousands of broadcasters, but I can't help but wonder, If there is something about being in radio and TV that draws people into politics, what attracted you to politics? Thank you, and keep up the good work, Gary Kolke. Well, I'll let Jay answer that. But I would say that one thing that we are now entering a phase of more and more celebrity candidates. I have said, and I'll say it again, that we have had our last conventional president of my lifetime that we are going to have a string of either celebrity presidents or not conventional, like not senators, not governors, not the former loser-ass dudes that have been spending a whole life in politics. We're going to draw presidents, both Democrat and Republican, from different areas of life, business, medicine, law, who knows where. And that, I think, is not a bad thing. I mean, we have, a, we have a celebrity president now, let's be honest, whether you like him or not. And I think unless the Democrats come up with a celebrity president of their own, like an Alec Baldwin, I think Alec Baldwin's the only guy that could beat Trump. Well, let me amend that. I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, it's, politics is too unpredictable. I don't know if Trump's going to make it to 2020. But that said, I don't see any... I don't see anyone of the Democrats. I, I'm i squinting. I'm trying to imagine who, who could win of their current roster of would-be candidates. I don't see it. I don't see it. But people can emerge. It's still way too early. You don't know. And we don't know what's going to happen with the current administration and what might fall out or turn up in that time. But I do think we're entering an age in which we're going to have either celebrity presidents and or unconventional presidents from different walks of life I think that trickles down to other lower level politics if you're in the media you've already got a huge leg up on winning office if you're a known entity I think that's what drove Solly to try to make a run at being on the Montgomery County Council Uh, you know he felt hey people know me from Zabe's show so why not it's a good start better start than just being a nobody right so I think that's my answer All right, with that said, Drew Olson, join me as he does once a week, usually to talk about a variety of things, starting with, oh, State Fair in Wisconsin, which I just missed by a week.
2: Yeah, I had to take my kid to sell t-shirts at the State Fair. Oh, really? Yeah, that's one of I jobs. What kind of t-shirts? The official State Fair store t-shirts. Inappropriate t-shirts? No. (laughs) <laughs> sadly sank fully sanctioned she did it at Summerfest too she works for the company that has the deal to d- to sell t-shirts
1: so not a hashtag dtf uh half shirt that a girl no
2: would no uh that, that you might see at the state fair state fair is the best people watching zabe you got i know it's right after your weekend with bob and brian but you gotta get to the wisconsin state fair I've it's never, incredible i've never been food on never, a stick I've, I've drinks ne- <laughs> people watching we play bingo. We have a little bingo card, my uh, on-air partner, KB and I. Yeah. You know. Um,
1: <laughs> what do you see there? Well. Uh, 400-pound he, woman crammed into leather shorts. Yes. Check. check. I got that square. That's the easiest square to get, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Guy with an oxygen tank smoking.
1: Okay. That's another one. <laughs> that's a good Ding. one. Okay. Um,
2: overweight couple on a rascal scooters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah and then
2: the coup de gras and i heard about this from a buddy of mine it's almost urban legend my friend pat mccurdy is a singer songwriter performer does like 400 shows a year in the midwest and beyond he once saw a woman eating an ice cream cone and smoking a cigarette at the same time think about the motions of alternately
1: enjoying an ice cream cone and a dart at the same time yeah well they are both guilty pleasures there's no question about it absolutely how are you on the ice cream eating front are you a big ice cream? I am not. No, it's not okay. my. I'm, I'm a. I'd rather have a salty,
2: crunchy snack than ice really? cream. Really, that's yeah. good.
1: That's a. That's a blessing right there because ice cream is just flat, terrible for you. It's delicious, but it's just awful. Yeah. nutritionally. I stopped the other night on the way home uh, to get a big so- a big cup of soft serve at the local soft serve place in town. Little hole in the wall called Grutos. And they've been around for how many years, I have no idea, but in my little town here in Virginia. And I got a, a soft serve mix, chocolate vanilla with rainbow sprinkles, oh. and I ate it in the car on the ride home. <laughs> yummy, That's a yummy, guilty yummy. Pl- That's an adult
2: moment, right? It's like,
1: It really is. Like, fucking, who's going to stop me I'm, from doing this?
2: I'm going to spoil my dinner right now, which yeah, exactly. it's so funny because my wife, sometimes she'll be making dinner and I'm starving, so I'll be hunting around and grabbing stuff, almonds or grabbing anything I can find to eat. She's like, what are you eating for? It's like, we're going to eat in 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, but it's not 20 minutes from now. I'm yeah. hungry now. It's like, it's not like I'm not going to eat. Yeah, They don't yeah. understand. I don't think women understand totally either our sex drive or our food drive.
1: That's a good point. They
2: underestimate both because I can eat a, a McDonald's cheeseburger. I can eat two of them and then 10 minutes later be ready to eat dinner. It's I think it doesn't affect me.
1: I think it's a mothering instinct. I think it's a, prop, a propriety instinct like you're not supposed to do this. This is what we were taught as kids growing up. So they're just perpetuating that as yeah. the years go on. It's the old don't swim until exactly an hour after eating. <laughs> and why was that exactly? Why did they I, tell us that? I don't know. Because you might cramp. cramps. Yeah. Well, like so that was what? ridiculous. So if you cramp up, you go, oh, my tummy hurts. And you get out of the pool and you go lay down on your beach towel on a on a chair. And then you yeah. get better. You're not going <laughs> to drown in a pool. There's a billion lifeguards and, looking at you. And it was so weird because they would like look at the clock.
2: They would actually like look yeah. at their watches and... Not a minute earlier than an hour. Like, what the hell?
1: Like, it was a law. There was never an anecdote I ever heard that said, you know, Billy had to have his pancreas removed because he swam too soon after eating. (laughs) There was never any stories of this is what could happen. You want to make sure not to do it. It was just sort of an old wives tale. You'll cramp up. Don't do it.
2: When we have the Zabe games, the inaugural Zabe games, which we're going to have next year, um, we are going to have we're going to have everybody eat like a, a, you know, a. Quarter pounder, a combo dip meal, and then swim 50 meters. And then you're going to do the 100-yard dash with scissors. Oh, my God. That'd be, <laughs>
1: that'd be a good one right there. Or maybe All the 100-yard the dash smoking and eating ice cream. Now, now you're talking. At the same time. By the way, how many meters do you think you could swim, 50 being a single one-direction lap? At a pool. Well, that's,
2: oh, that's down and back, right? Yeah, no, well, it it's depends. It's 50 well, each way. 50, yeah. 50, 50. Oh, at a big pool, yeah. My, my little lap pool at the health club is, I think, 25 down. Okay. So. Do you okay. swim, by the way? I, no, I'm okay. horrible. I, I do it to cool off, and sometimes I'll do it if I'm really bored with everything else, cardio. Okay. And it is a good workout, but I'm not a good swimmer.
1: So, how many meters could you swim before you tap out?
2: Oh, man, a
1: 50, <laughs> no,
2: a hundred. 50, I don't know. No, no. I mean, it's Well, it's, if, if I'm swimming for my life, I'd be OK. But if I'm swimming laps, of course, boredom and just sheer lack of technique and, and skill would overtake me.
1: How about just a dipstick check of, OK, let's see how many meters I can swim before I'm like,
2: fuck, this is too my, be- this is my too best exhausting. stroke is the is the breaststroke. Okay. And and um, I wear contacts, so I don't like wearing goggles and stuff, too. So that's a pain in the ass. But, I, uh, you know, okay, so you what, 200 like meters? Goggles? I don't like. I don't. I've never have them. I don't, you know. <laughs> it's too serious. When I swim, Zabe, I'm not wearing the goggles. And when I go for a bike ride, I'm not wearing the skin-tight, you know, biking get-up okay. that guys
1: wear because that's just too cheesy for I me. I think I'm good for somewhere between 110 and 149 and a half meters. <laughs>
2: That's very specific. I love it.
1: I think 150 would push me right to the limit of, I think, a great exercise.
2: We should do it more. And if you hate running, swimming's a good way to go.
1: Not really, because you'll hate swimming. Well, that's then true. You, you'll hate being wet and exhausted. <laughs> Swimming is being wet and exhausted. It, 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 aside from being dry, well, not dry, but at least sweaty and exhausted running. So yeah. you'll figure. Okay. Enough of the jib jabbery, for God's <laughs> sakes. Let's get to the story of the day. Urban Meyer is in a tight spot. Tight spot tight. in Ohio State. I have multiple layers of questioning on this, but I want to start with a inside baseball question, which is, why is a guy like Brett McMurphy not employed reporting on college football? Why is he breaking that's... these stories on Facebook, Drew?
2: He's uh, he's being paid by ESPN because they fired him and he's still got a contract. Oh, and that's he's being, it. He's in his sit-out. Yeah, so he's, he's
1: dry-docked, sort yes. of like uh, Ed Werder is dry-docked. Yes, Yep, that
2: is why. And so the scandal within the scandal was this thing broke. He broke it on his Facebook. It was all over every site except for ESPN for four and a half hours, which didn't recognize it, which was pathetic. It's
1: bad. Who's minding the store? Really over a there, bad the, look. The, the well, website and
2: their justification was that, that yesterday actually happened to be the day that they were having their college football writers in for a seminar, and they had them all like in a, sequestered in a classroom, paying attention to whatever they were teaching them.
1: Don't you think? And somebody no have was minding the, the store. Phone going. Yeah. You hey, know, think? Hold on with this seminar here. Hey, Urban Meyer could uh, be on the way out at Ohio State. We they, might want to slap this up on the website.
2: They have a lot of employees in Bristol. Not everybody. Like somebody could have slapped the uh, Associated Press story up there or something. It was. It was. Yeah, just it like a looked lion. really bad that the guy they fired yeah. broke a story on Facebook and they couldn't like verify it. They didn't what what they don't trust the guy. All right, so uh, this you know. this
1: this makes uh, this this helps fill in a lot of gaps with my questioning of this because I thought, man, if a guy like Brett McMurphy, who's widely re- regarded as a really good re- investigative reporter at the college football level, if he can't get hired, why is that? And my thought was, there's just not much of a market or a zeal to have that guy because. Almost every outlet, save for Yahoo, save for The Athletic, and maybe a couple others, they're entangled with college football. ESPN carries games. Fox carries games. CBS carries games. ESPN carries games. ABC carries games. Like, none of these outlets really want to be in the business of peeling back the curtain and showing the ugly sausage-making factory that is college football.
2: That's very true. In this case, though, he's sitting out, and I think he's going to work for what is going to be the new version of the Athletic, which is called Stadium.
1: That's right. That's the and video That's where he's going to go work, and that's okay. where
2: she's. Uh, yeah, the um, the wife spoke to them and gave a video interview. And that's while where we're on that stadium.
1: square, while we're on that square, what do you think of the Athletic? Do you think it has a chance of succeeding?
2: <laughs> You know, I like the concept of it, and I I follow them on Twitter, but I don't, and I did have buy a subscription. I, I have, I, I yes. did too,
1: and I rarely, I, did. I rarely read it, but I bought I it out of sympathy because I'm like, yeah. someday, someday I'm going to charge for this podcast, so I should maybe pay <laughs> for somebody else's content That's... for the good karma sake of it. I
2: find myself not going to it. It's like, it's like when it's Grantland or The Ringer, it's like, hey, there's some pretty good stuff there. I never go there.
1: You know why? I, I know why I don't go, because it's like, Good, healthy food compared to the junk food that is Twitter and the junk food that is blogs that just react to reactions and get into these uh, spinach fights in the media over certain stories. The quick, easy junk food of scroll, 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 scroll. Ooh, look at that is easier than a healthy salad, which is a 2000 word piece by someone at The Athletic about a Pac-12 preview.
2: Yeah. And, and I think at some at some point, long form journalism and writing will make a comeback because we've gotten away from it. And the storytelling, like I like real sports a lot. What they do, you know, for a 10 or 12 minute piece is not and then knock your socks off. And we're, we're not conditioned to those. We're conditioned to the hot take three paragraph right, right. rip it, you know, grip it and rip it.
1: But I find myself, though, here's the thing that, you know, you think that long-form storytelling is coming back at some point. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Here's the other part of the problem is all of our attention spans have been bludgeoned down to nothing so that when I read what I know is going to be a well-written piece about an interesting story from a guy who I know, Drew, is an excellent writer, when I get to the first paragraph that begins something like this, Bob Smith pulls his Buick Cutlass out of the driveway, turning slightly to his left down a row of corn-lined feet. I'm like, boring! Get to the point! Like <laughs> every so creative true. lead I've, I've read on long, storm feature, long story feature pieces, including ones that are not just atmospheric leads, but important leads to say, here's where this guy or gal came from, and here's why it's going to be important when you hear the rest of the story. My God, Drew, I have less and less yeah. patience for that.
2: I totally hear you. I mean, that's we're conditioned to the give it to me now, give and it to I me hate now.
1: It. I hate it. I, I wish I wasn't that we're way. We're the so.
2: rats pushing the lever for the food pellet.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Yes, we yeah. are. I find myself at times at night before going to bed literally just speed scrolling Twitter. And, I Okay. None. So, stop. Like literally uh, my Twitter feed, Drew. Will not stop moving.
2: Are we the outliers though? Because not everybody's on Twitter,
1: and there are people who, like, I just—we're not outliers. We're not the mainstream. There's a lot of people who are on, are not on it. But I think for a lot of people who are, it's not uncommon to do what I do. Yeah, it just sit there and speed scroll. Speed scroll, Speed scroll. Yeah, it's it's an addiction. I hate it. So I'm going to work on not doing that in the future. Back to Urban Meyer. So okay, let's uh let's dig in. Let's this. unpack. Yep. Let's unpack it. So. At worst, he lied about knowing about a domestic violence situation that he might have properly fired a coach for, but did not. Mm -hmm. That's kind of bad. That's kind of sleazy right there.
2: That's kind of bad. Yeah, that's kind of a fireable offense, I might say.
1: Kind of, yes. yes. But we don't know the extent of the domestic violence. We see pictures, which look awful. We see text screen grabs, which may be authentic, but we don't know does, the, th- other th- the other the other side. Does story. anybody
2: will the Ohio State University? Do they issue him a cell phone? Does he use his own? Does he use burners? I don't know. Will they go in and invest? Do they care to go in and investigate, and look at his texts, right between him and the assistant? Uh, you know, hey, Zach, knock it off. <laughs> or, is yeah. it, or is there a smoking gun? If it, it comes down to scandals, Abe. What we have is what you have in every political scandal like, you know, Watergate and beyond.
1: What did you what know? What did he know? When did you know it? And when did you know it? Exactly. So, so and, let's, and did you yeah. lie in front of the, uh, the, the the fans in the world yeah. just at media day? I think the lying is going to be the most problematic. That's a problem. In the end, because it goes down to trust and If he'll lie about this, then what's he going to lie about next? And when it comes to a recruit X, you're going to go, well, did you meet with him outside of the acceptable recruiting period or not? That's what's going to be problematic. As far as the domestic violence stuff goes, look, Urban Meyer is not a family counselor. Urban Meyer is not the police. Urban Meyer doesn't even have an obligation under Title IX, from what I've heard, to actually report this.
2: Urban Meyer didn't break any laws, but neither did Joe Paterno.
1: Well, yeah, you're right, and I've already had one email saying, "Well, you're going to be like you were with Paterno and jump right in on this well, yeah, there are differences I mean, there are differences yes. in the magnitude of the crime, and a pure victim of no power, a young boy versus a grown woman who's in a marital relationship uh, yeah, where this then. has been this has been an issue before, going back to two thousand nine she has had time and counseling. And legal avenues to say I'm not going to live my life this way. That makes her a different category of victim than a boy who is lured into a shower. So uh, there's there's differences. I agree. There. there
2: there is nuance there, but they're still both victims, and it's well, yeah. yeah. It's like, but yeah.
1: but okay, it's... we don't know the we don't know what went on in that relationship. No. Do we no, absolutely not. And we don't know what what she yeah, did yeah. that was pr- part of the atmospherics. Now, you'll say it doesn't matter what she did. She's the one that got the shit beat out of her and her strangled and, you know, the bruises, yeah, and the bloodiness and the threatening and everything else. Yeah. But you know, this, this these domestic situations are always so complicated complicated. They're all of different, you know, snowflakes, they're different, you know, shapes and sizes. Yes. Many of them are bad. Some of them are are hard to substantiate. Some of them are very murky and you're like wait what that's domestic violence i keep going back to the uh uh the uh, the josh brown case with the giants remember the kicker josh uh, brown? yeah yeah okay do you know what the worst thing he did was in that so-called domestic violence case with his no, now I, ex-wife i
2: don't remember i just remember there, there was a lot of emotional abuse i think too but there was i don't remember what the worst physical The
1: worst thing was he grabbed her wrist he grabbed her wrist during an argument when she went to grab her phone. That's it. Mm. That's it. And so, you know, you're talking about all different shades, you know, from that all the way up to a Rihanna level style of beating yeah. from a Chris Brown. And to get in there and to adjudicate and say and sort it out, okay, what's going on here? You know, I just, I, I'm a little bit sympathetic for Urban Meyer in this regard. What's he supposed to do? He's supposed to rush in and fire? Zach Smith?
2: I'll tell you what, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube with what's happened in the past, but what the world needs and what Urban Meyer needs is what guys in his position and with his um, clout, clout and, and there are a handful of guys in the world, in the world of sports, who can drive around with a dead body in their trunk and not get questioned or arrested and that's <laughs> him and Sabin and Shashevsky, and there's a sure, handful of guys that sure. are above the law that are above the that you know they, they walk into a meeting with the university chancellor or president and they're above them they kind of scoff and like oh you loser like you know they have that that gravitas right so what the world needs is for him if he knew and if there was even a shade he needs to come out and say yeah this is awful I, I heard some rumblings about it. I didn't want to get involved. It's a family thing and I feel awful for what happened and I'm you know, uh, totally support and start making some donations to uh, you know, spend some hours at women's shelters and start making some donations and come clean otherwise to kind of be the, to go the other way. it, it can only be bad. Okay, so you're like, saying, so come is it, clean and say, is it, say, say, hey, if I had it to do over again, I would have. I thought we could get him help, and I thought we could. You know, I, I would have liked to help both of them now, and I, I I failed. I failed, and just just throw yourself at the mercy and say I, okay. I failed. All For right. a man in power to say that is almost impossible, though. They won't. the Guys in that position, they don't get to that position by having that gene and that instinct so, to say so I screwed saying, up.
1: What you're saying is now college coaches have to be marital counselors too.
2: No, they have to be human okay
1: no you're, because you're, you're i'm asking
2: not asking them. him to be, but i'm saying i'm saying if he knew and if there was hey man so what he's a good coach and All he's a right. good guy i like him he's a good guy i mean what what do we ask of paterno
1: let me let me go right again what are the parallels let me go right to the key point in which this thing turned shelly shelly meyer in bed with urban snuggling up Okay, don't be a pervert, Zabe. Okay, Shelly, she's a pretty good-looking gal, and she? She's a good-looking guy, is she? <laughs> he is, I'm all sure. Right. So Shelly Meyer says to Urban over dinner, Baby, i got to show you these text messages because your assistant, Zach Smith, he's gone bad again. Take a look at these photos. Look at these text messages. His wife is terrified. I just thought you should know this. Okay, all right? Mm-hmm. We're at that point right now. Okay. What should Urban Meyer do at that point? Uh, you got to step in, don't you? Don't you have to? Don't you have to? How, how, you have how, to, how, how, how do
2: you step? in? Well, don't you call the guy in and say what's going on? And don't you? I mean,
1: okay, we're, okay,
2: okay. police contact? Because here's stop. the other thing. Okay, stop.
1: all right. I'm I'm, I'm playing you, this out with you. You call playing, the guy in. I'm playing this out with you. Yes. So you call the guy in. Fine. Yeah. You say, hey Zach, I need to see you in my office. Yeah. Close the door. Hey man, I, I got some very disturbing texts from uh, my wife uh, about showed me her, your wife about your wife and. I mean, what, what is going on? I, if, if I had my druthers, I'd let you go today because I can't have this. Yeah. That's when Zach Smith says, oh, my God, what the fuck did she send? Oh, my God, that's total bullshit. Where are those, those photos aren't even from. I don't know where she got those. I didn't send those text messages. This is bullshit. Coach, she's crazy. You, you don't know. The other night I come home, she threw a, a butcher knife at me from across the room almost cut my hand off now urban meyer is into it isn't he yeah now urban meyer's got to go oh, fuck okay the guy says listen coach i please it's not what you think it is and mm. i'm working through it we're going to counseling i can't lose this job if i lose this job i'm going to go off the deep end i'm going to start drinking i'm going to be depressed i might get more violent The kids are not going to have an income. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad for you. It's going to be bad for all of us. I'm working through this. Now what does Urban Meyer do? Now who does he go to? Does he call the police? Does he call the university? How many hours a week when he's trying to prepare for Michigan State should Urban Meyer spend on this issue?
2: Does he have, well, that's just it. Does he have a boss he can go to? Does he have somebody that he can, you know, don't you kick it upstairs and say, okay, where's Graham Spanier? Deal with this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I okay. mean... So he, the, so, it, so he and kicks the, but it. But then you have... And then there's, again, documentation, and you've made some kind of effort. That's what we
1: don't know, Zay, but, that, but that's, it. that's just it. So he goes, he kicks it up to his bosses. The bosses say, that's it, we're firing him. They fire Zach Smith. He goes off and gets completely hammered drunk, comes home, and beats the living shit out of his wife to the point where she is in the hospital. Oops. Yeah. Dicey. It's oh. all... Or you, or
2: you let him continue to go about his business and beat her like he had been. Like, I mean, that, that is dicey. It's a horrible, it's right, a terrible, right. tough or situation. You, or yeah.
1: you say, we're not going to fire you. We're going to get you more counseling. And then he goes home and he verbally abuses her. But then To the this... point where she's crying and he just yells at her and slams doors. And it's still very traumatic and awful, but there's at least that. But my only point is, and I, I'm just trying to illustrate how dicey this all gets. Coaches are coaches. They're not counselors, and they're not law enforcement. So we're I, asking I in the media, we're asking them to cape up and do what's, quote, right in a world that is not as black and white as the media. Agreed. It, but but then, it's a million shades of gray. But
2: you know what could, and it's not a reach to think, oh, you think maybe the Columbus police were involved at some point in this? Do you think maybe there was, you know, oh, we'll let them handle it as oh, an sure. internal matter. And and so sure. this is where the chum is in the water. And, like you said before, like any hot dog that, or bottle of water or cream cheese on a bagel that Ohio State offered a kid, people are going to come out of the woodwork now.
1: Right. Right. And, is, and
2: so, and yeah. then this is where you become wounded and this is where it starts to wobble. And that's why the, the cover up's always worse than the crime. But I, right. if he knew and if he said, well, I did what I thought was best and if I had it to do over again and there's no roadmap for this, I was in an a, a unfamiliar situation, I can't even fathom it. Didn't know what was going on. It's a guy I trust. We see him at work. We see he's a great guy. It's kind of like Josh Hader.
1: And you know what? You, you know, know, it's, you know it's, it's a
2: little bit like the Josh Hader thing that the guys on the team are you, like, this isn't like, like, that's not the guy I know.
1: But I'm telling you right now, the amount of sympathy that that would generate from most of the sports writers is zilch. They would then double down on he's so clueless. He doesn't get well, it doing the right thing. He shouldn't be so oblivious. It would be like the Joe Pod dynamic all over again.
2: But then okay, so you knew and this goes back to oh nine, this goes back to when Flor- when they were in Florida together, right? And Yeah. So again- and By the way,
1: by the way, in twenty fifteen, me too was two years from even happening. So the yeah. world was different in two thousand fifteen true unfortunately and
2: and there's part of Aaron, there there's part of urban meyer's defense there's part of his i i if i if would have know we're more aware now of everything that's happened and the 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 the, the, the shifting winds of the culture i i if, if i knew not then what i knew now right, i, right, I, right, I, I right, right, absolutely right. would have stepped in and been more proactive but i didn't know i was a fa- let them handle it people have problems in their marriage everybody has argues about how You know, who 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 loaded the dishwasher wrong or who you know, who didn't let the take the trash out. I I just didn't know. I d I wasn't equipped and now I I feel badly about it and I feel horrible that this happened and they had to fire him, but again, if there's some kind of record, if there's any documentation and he's caught to be lying about his knowledge of it, that's bad. He's got to go because they fired Trussell for the same damn thing. They have precedent at that own university and the, the parallels to Paterno aren't that like you couldn't even imagine Paterno ever being fired and not allowed to walk out on his own.
1: You got to pretend to be clueless, I, you know.
2: And that, I already know but so yeah, and, and cluelessness is no longer a defense. You're you know, if if a kid if a kid does something wrong on his team, he's supposed to know about it. He's supposed to, you know, there's that 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 whole accountability, that so, chain of command. So, so what happens
1: then when player X on the roster for Ohio State gets into a fight with his girlfriend that is not quite physical. There's not photos that you can say look at what he did but it was really really bad and he you know kind of pushed well, her around if he's a
2: starting player and we're getting close to the playoffs
1: <laughs> exit, you can guess what's going to happen exit question will urban meyer run out of that tunnel for week one against uh i don't even know who they play uh week one for ohio state will he or will he not
2: cupcake you um i'm gonna say yes but it's it's uh
1: 60 40 yes okay i would say the answer is yes as well i don't have a percentage on it uh, but that sounds about right. Give me 70 30 that he will. Okay. Chance it'll bring him down. But I think as this thing simmers down a bit and we find out a bit more, but, there could be more to the story.
2: And, and again, that whatever the facts are and whatever's uh, how, how intensely will Ohio State investigate this? Because they're the only ones. Because you're right. There's been no crime, there's been no uh, police report or anything. It's just a matter of, you know, maybe it is a bitter ex wife trying to take down the husband yeah. and get him fired and take down the program. But. If he did know about it, he's got to come clean. And you don't see that very often from guys at that level.
1: All right. Before we get to fuck that guy, I just had to talk a little bit of baseball etiquette and baseball's unwritten rules with you because here in Washington, we had two relievers shipped out in a matter of days that shocked everybody. The first was um, uh, Kinsler, Ian, Ian, not Ian Kinsler, uh, Brandon Kinsler, former Kintzler. Brewer. Yeah. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon Kinsler dealt to the Cubs for a minor leaguer who will not contribute this year, just pitched a inning and a third of clean baseball the other night. He was shocked by the trade. Speculation is that GM Mike Rizzo believed that he was the rat that spoke to Jeff Passan of Yahoo about the so-called dysfunctional mess that the clubhouse had become under first-year Skippy David Martinez. And then you've got Sean Kelly throwing his glove down in a tantrum on the mound after giving up a two-run bomb and a 25-1 to win over the Mets and glaring at the dugout as if to say to Davey Martinez, why am I even fucking pitching in this game? He was DFA'd, designated for assignment the very next day. And all I can think through is, really? Now we're going to get tough on this shit? We've thrown away two bullpen arms for no good reason when we're supposedly fighting for our playoff lives. Am I wrong or is Mike Rizzo wrong?
2: makes me think of uh josh beckett eating chicken in the red
1: sox clubhouse <laughs> what was that story to remind me <laughs>
2: remember uh, the red sox were at the end of a dying season oh, they had that lack was their of disaster season and, yeah. yeah
1: that was the, and the the guys
2: were eating fried buckets of chicken watching the games in the clubhouse not on the bench and stuff right, the starting right, pitchers right, right. It, it ran amok you got a toxic situation there my friend and You you thought you had nipped
1: it in the bud when Papelbon tried to choke your star player, right? Well, the Papelbon choking, (laughs) A, that was more of a fight, so that's really, really bad. And secondly, that was in September when the ship had really fully sunk and Mm -hmm. Papelbon was not going to be back next year anyway. I think this is a bit different. I get it that you've got to, you know, at some point crack down and say, okay, we're not going to have this bullshit, but it just seems like... Really, you couldn't have smoothed this out with a meeting or, or finding a guy in the kangaroo court of the clubhouse? Yeah, it should police itself, right? What do you think? Should he have been in the game of 25-1? to Martinez said he didn't want to, quote, disrespect the Mets by pitching. The Mets were in- pitching Jose Reyes. <laughs> I know. I know, I know. <laughs> so how How's do it? you disrespect the Mets? That's what Davey Martinez said. He didn't want to disrespect the Mets by putting a position player in there. And I'm like, uh, get the fuck uh, out of
2: yeah, here. But then I understand a, a reliever, I guess, getting the ass. But just go out there and he said, we're throw knuckleballs. Just you work like, on stuff and just like it's a complete low si- low leverage situation. <laughs> you'll never have it. Twenty five to
1: one. You'll never have, have an easier inning in the big ever. leagues. And then
2: he gives up three runs in his ERA tanks and he's pissed. Like, oh, you know, get, sack up, dude. <laughs> I don't I I think the Nationals were okay to to, do, to take care of, the, okay. of it the way they did with that guy. I don't know about the
1: Kinsler part cuz he's a pretty was, good pitcher. But. Kelly was not great, I'll grant you that. But in this day and age in which teams are surrendering more and more in games that are out of reach you know, and throwing position players, Kelly's a guy who could throw some junk innings for you to keep your other better relievers fresh. So I would have kept and him for that's that reason. What he was doing, right, <laughs> in the twenty-five one
2: yes, game, yeah. Right. And and so, had, dude, that's your role, and right. you know, if you want to be a top of the, you know, pitch
1: better or something, I, I had, just don't get it. He hadn't it. pitched in five days either, so it's well. Not then like, he was going to pitch anyway. He's got even less of a case. Yeah. All right. Well, fuck him. But as yes. far as Kinsler goes, that was stupid.
2: All right. Well, yeah, the Kinsler thing—you don't know that he's suspected as the mole, as the rat. Yeah.
1: That that's kind of weird. That's that's weak because he's a pretty good arm. Uh quick question: What have you ever thrown? In anger that you regret throwing because Kelly did say he regretted throwing his glove like that, acting like a 12 year old kid in Little League. It is a pretty bad look. I once I once destroyed a set of headphones because something didn't go right uh, during a radio show. And <laughs> and people have held that against me now for years. They've because because I talked about it the very next segment. I'm like, all right, I lost my cool during the break there and I threw my headphones down. A guest didn't arrive on time. The c- phone connection wasn't good. All the shit, Drew, that I no longer oh, yeah. care about in radio. I once got so mad, I smashed a set of headphones. Anything you can think of that you threw in, in anger that you now regret? Uh, I'm sure a 7-iron or two. <laughs> <You know. laughs> no question. Remote control?
2: Um, Yes. Never at the TV, though. No, that's smart. No, never at the TV. Uh, There's been a couple of things, but throwing stuff in anger is not a good look.
1: It sure isn't. All right, one more quick story before we get to fuck that guy. I thought this was an excellent. By the way, sorry about Jake Ryan, inside linebacker, gone for the season, torn ACL for Ooh, the Green Bay Packers. I, I was on
2: the sideline. I was twenty five yards from him, and I heard the screams. It was yeah. uh, chilling. It's like, oh
1: boy. And it was. You, you knew. You knew. Was, I think it was a non contact drill. He was running after a guy. Well, he
2: was. Yeah, he was chasing down uh, Equinemius Saint Brown of the okay. of, uh, formerly of Notre Dame. Yeah, and um, when he went down, it's just one of those things. I'm no doctor. I'm not a trainer, and I just. But said, you're Ooh. like, that's it for the yeah, year. Yeah, he's it for the. It's okay. out for the year. You could tell.
1: Um, here, here's a great point about how worthless everything in August is. Uh, the games Ooh. are worthless. The analysis in camp is worthless, and you're saying this, whoa because you're, you're,
2: you're scrap. You're, you're this is the talk in Packers camp now.
1: OK, this is, uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're hitting on I, I know exactly where you're going. OK, uh, Wes, Wes Hodkowitz tweeted this. I guess mm-hmm. he uh, is a podcaster. Let me get yeah, he's fire. a friend of the show. He's with you know Packers.com. Yeah. Oh, is yes, OK, the, good. Yeah, he's All with right.
2: Packers.com. Yeah, yeah. he's a good, good
1: guy. Yeah, I like Wes, Wes a lot. Wes tweeted the following. He said this Kevin King quote didn't make it into our story today, but I feel it's worth your time. It's about as good a summation as I've heard in eight NFL training camps about the dangers of social media and rushing to draw conclusions on what's happening at practice. Kevin King is one of your DBs.
2: Yes. Yeah. First round pick. He's a, that's right. The rookie. Yep. yep. Okay. Uh, he's a second, second year guy.
1: Okay. Second year guy. Yep. First round pick uh, said King quote. There's a time to work on your craft. You're with your team. You're out there. I might try to do a brand new thing against Devonte Adams. He's one of the top three, top five receivers in the league. It may not work, but on film, it'll be like, damn, Kevin King cannot guard Devonte Adams parentheses laughter, but you don't know what I was doing. You see these clips, you don't tell the tale of anything. It's all about getting better. It's like, what if your notes were published to Twitter every day? It's not my final draft yet. I'm not finished here. Just wait for the finished product. Drew, your thoughts? That
2: is a uh, dead on home run, and it's part of our problem of feeding the beast, Zabe. We got to feed the beast. There was a people are keeping track. Aaron Rodgers threw his seventh training camp interception the other day. Who gives a shit? Did he really? Is he not? Yes. Because someone was laughing at that. And it's, uh, it's seven interceptions, and they say, Aaron Rodgers has thrown seven interceptions in camp already. Okay, should we be alarmed, or is it a rookie that ran the wrong route and turned the wrong fucking way? I Are know. you kidding me? So we've gotten to this point where we're so intense and so focused on this crap that, I, and I hate to say it because my background is covering baseball, but it's the old spring training thing. Yeah. A guy goes out and gives up six runs, and you think, okay, and then you find out, oh, I was only throwing changeups. I didn't right. throw anything else. Like, I was, that was, what I was doing. Yeah. working on things. And that spring training, you, it, there's fools gold. I saw guys every year that looked like they were all Arizona. And then they, they, they break camp with the team, and they make the team, and then they go over for 30 and get released.
1: Pat Mahomes threw apparently seven picks in six days of camp or something, and they were yeah. it was a headline. And, of course, people were saying, Ah, oh, you got rid of Alex Smith too quick, you idiots. He's going to so- suck. And I said, Okay, so let's see. They're down in the red zone. They're working on red zone shit. And they say, we want to go to 82 on a crossing pattern uh, over the middle against zone coverage. And they run the play. And you got, let's say Pat Mahomes looks at it and says, 82 is not open. And so he opts out of it, throws it somewhere else. Whistles blow. The coaches go, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Pat, Pat, what are you doing? We're working the tight end inside the zone. Throw that. And he's like, well, he wasn't open. I don't give a fuck. Throw it! That's what we were working yes. on.
2: we had a situation in Packers camp on Saturday, and they didn't practice Sunday. So this was the the lingering image of the weekend was Kyler Fackrell, who was a third round draft pick a couple years ago. It's been kind of a disappointment. Fackrell. Yeah, Love he's been kind man. of a kind of a uh, disappointment. He beat David Bakhtiari in a one on one drill.
1: Oh my! And it
2: was breathlessly reported because it previously in his first three seasons, this was this is his third camp, he was like 0 for 20. Had never beaten an offensive lineman in a one-on-one drill on a pass rush, Zabe. <laughs> and David Bakhtiari's a two-time All-Pro, so maybe oh he's kind of, maybe Kyler Fackrell's turned the corner, he's ready to be a contributor. <laughs> and so it's like that's so ridiculous, but that's how deep we've gotten into the excruciating minutiae. And yeah, David Bakhtiari might have been working on a jump set or trying to pretend that his left shoulder was separated and try to block with one arm. We don't know! That's just it but we look for these things and grab grass on it apparently richard sherman got beat on a go route and the same thing they're having the same conversation in 49ers camp because it is meaningless what happens but it's what we have and we're so thirsty and we're trying to provide all the what's happening and stuff but we don't know what's happening and you can't draw those conclusions and i understand it. you're feeding the beast what does everybody want to know at, at training camp what if i call one of my buddies that covers the packers who looks good they got to They got to say something. They got to write something. They have to f- write five right. stories a you day. You can't
1: say we don't know. We don't know. That's not a story, but that's the truth, though. Yeah. We don't know, and like Jim Mora once said, you'll never know, and nothing is going to be known until the rubber hits the road and the exactly. games actually count, so, and we go full speed with our full rosters in September.
2: Yeah, David Bakhtiari is working on a different set or a jump set or something like that, and he gets scorched. Like, does that mean he's he's struggling in camp? Oh, boy, he's struggling. Yeah. No, he's going to be fine.
1: That's what I do when I shoot 92. I go, I'm working on some things. Uh, my, not, don't judge my golf game today. I was working on hitting trades.
2: Our, our friend uh, John Greenberg, the former PR guy of the uh, Milwaukee Brewers, uh, he used to have a line. When guys would get lit up in spring training, he'd be like, well, they're working on things.
1: I'm like, what, backing up third base? Oh, <laughs> boom. Bing, bang, bang <laughs> zoom. And with that, we bring you... To your oh, hold on a second. Damn it. Okay, we'll take this out in post production. Which is w- I always say no. I never take. No, <laughs> we never
2: do. Drew promote something real quick. Drew Olson MKE on Twitter at Drew Olson Show. You can listen to me on the iHeartRadio Radio app. Broadcasting on the Big Nine Twenty in Milwaukee, the Big Ten Seventy in Madison. Okay. And I perfect. like having Zabe cast one percenters. Uh, reach out to me on Twitter. It's fun.
1: I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. All right, who is your nominee for Fuck That Guy today? It'd
2: be easy for me, since last we spoke, the controversy about uh, the Dodgers' batting practice attire. You know, Joe Simpson went on the rant, and Chip Carey chimed in. It'd be easy for me to say, fuck those guys for getting mad about what guys are wearing in BP. No, I want to fuck the overreaction to the overreaction and the people on Twitter who breathlessly proclaimed, this is why people hate baseball. Fuck
1: that guy. Shut up. The this is why people hate baseball guy. Yes, the 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 guy who
2: overreacted to the overreaction because, (laughs) yeah, Joe Simpson probably spent too long talking about that. He got a little torqued up. And then, oh, but Chase Utley was wearing a strikeout cancer T-shirt. It wasn't just a, you know, a bar league T-shirt or something. It wasn't a band T-shirt. It was a strikeout cancer. How dare you rip him for it? Well, fuck you, because he couldn't see what the T-shirt was. And that doesn't really matter to his point that the Dodgers look like a softball team taking batting practice, which... You can make a case. I've, I've been around teams that had like sloppy uh, standards when it came to that stuff, and it does look right. unprofessional. And old-school baseball, people will get rankled about it. All right. The- but, but he overreacted, but I, I hate the overreaction to the overreaction. Like, so we to the didn't overreacting
1: that. guy that says, this is why people don't like baseball, you say, fuck that guy. Know- All right, I was going to do a generic fuck that guy to the gotta go guy. But I've been getting you know, people saying, you have got to put actual names in the crosshairs of FTG. So, yes, the guy who writes so-and-so's got to go within four hours, like Urban Meyer. There was pieces yesterday written, Urban Meyer's got to go. Four hours after this whole thing broke. I hate wow. the gotta go guy because th- so many people have said, this guy's got to go, That's guys, that guy's oh. got to go.
2: No, no. The, the, the next layer is guys today who are saying, top five guys who could replace Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops, uh, you know, John Harbaugh. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah.
1: Going to that layer. Yeah. Um, well, my my fuck that guy goes to one Ian Rappaport. You know, he may be a nice enough dude, but I have finally had it with this guy. He He puts out so much shit that is dead wrong, and it's like it never catches up with him. And I'm thinking... What are his standards? So you know what? If you want a name on somebody, Ian Rappaport, fuck that guy. <laughs> hey man, I heard you saying your stupid podcast to oh fuck me, huh? You want to fight me? Oh, yeah, actually I do. You're tiny. I think I can take you there, Ian.
2: <laughs> you could definitely post him up.
1: All right, Drew. Always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you, sir. And we will chat next you week. Run. We'll do it, man. Thanks, Abe. We'll end with this one. File this story under what? Headline. Pregnant woman ordered latte. McDonald's served her cleaning chemicals by mistake. Good God. Yep. That really happened. Dateline Alberta, Canada, a franchise owner of the Golden Arches, has apologized after his restaurant mistakenly served a pregnant woman cleaning chemicals in her coffee. One Sarah Douglas told the Lethbridge News Now that she quickly spit out her very first sip of the latte she had ordered from a drive-thru on Sunday. I opened up the lid of the coffee and out pours this pungent smell of chemicals. It wasn't latte at all, she said. Ms. Douglas is pregnant with her third child. She returned to the location where she had purchased the drink. She then learned that the latte contained a cleaner that had been mistakenly left connected to the machine that brewed her drink. The chemical was labeled Coffee Systems Cleaning Solution, and it has a lengthy warning label. The product is now intended is, is intended to remove milk residue from the machines. It can seriously irritate the eyes and cause allergic skin reactions as well. In a statement issued to multiple publications, franchise owner Dan Brown acknowledged the mistake and said he has apologized to the customer. What happened is the machine was being cleaned, as it is every morning. Unfortunately, the milk supply line was connected to the cleaning solution line while this guest's drink was made. We have taken immediate action to review the proper cleaning procedures with the team and put additional signage up as an added reminder. This story just reminds me of the the one very famous story and case in which a woman spilled hot coffee, McDonald's hot hot coffee, in her lap. She spilled it. Her fault. And it scalded her loinal region. And she sued McDonald's, not because the cups were faulty, not because the person at the drive-thru dropped it in her lap. No, no, she sued because she said the coffee was too hot.
0: Hey, you want to sue me? Yeah. Why not? Me? Sue everybody.
1: Too hot. Too hot in the hot tub. And she ended up winning a huge award an award that was way out of line, like $8 million for hot coffee in her lap. I can only imagine, I mean, wouldn't this, isn't this way, way, way worse? Hot coffee in your lap is not going to be fatal. But if you take a huge swig of cleaning solution that was billed as a frappe, and you actually ingest it, Not only could you die, but let's say she had a miscarriage. Because I mean, are you kidding me? You'd think that this woman would own every McDonald's in Alberta. But there will be lawyers, as the saying goes. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you for listening. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Hit up that Reddit thread, which does exist, about how great this is. Leave a positive review and rating. Download, subscribe to all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. And always remember, Han Solo did shoot first, and there's not a damn thing wrong with it. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.